Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Rental at a time. This is your daily financial news. A couple of quick things to note. First and foremost, I have brought it in a chair, which now appears to be too low. So let's see if we can't fix that together. Where's that darn handle? You know, you test these things out and then they don't work in live. But anyways, here we go. So a couple of things to talk about this fine day, Tuesday, I think it's February 8th. Uh, Where should we start? Uh, Let's start at the top. So first and foremost, the thing that caught my eye is China's property developers are being cut off from the U.S. debt market. This is interesting for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, it is because that I told you that would happen. Strange how the U.S. debt market doesn't like to be paid back. If you've been following the China property developers, you know uh, that they have taken great care to pay back local debt, uh, but they've basically given the Heisman or the middle finger or whatever you would like to foreign debt. So it should not come as any great shock that people that are in the debt market are not keen to lend to Chinese property developers. This will continue and exacerbate the problems. Looks like there's about $35 billion in U.S. debt that is coming due this year. About $15 billion of that has already defaulted or in loan workout, leaving another $20 billion at risk or left to refinance. Not going to be good. As we're looking at the real estate market, lots of stuff to talk about. One of the things is the average age of U.S. homes is going up. We have already talked about rising interest rate, rising prices, lower transactions, no inventory. I actually am starting to think about what happens to the home improvement sector. We've seen the last two years where seemingly everyone was painting bedrooms and changing flooring and carpet and all of that. I'm curious, does that kind of tap out like Netflix and Peloton where, hey, We've done what we're going to do. We are now going to go on vacation and enjoy some services. Or do we have a long-term trend where people simply don't move as much? One of the things that I am starting to play with, and it actually might become a conversation for some of my experts this week, is what if real estate transactions, what if we've had a structural change? So I've gathered some numbers for you here. Uh, Last year, 2021, we did roughly 6.1 million existing home sales. On top of that, we had 762,000 new home sales. So let's call that 6.9, okay? 6.9 housing transactions. What if, what if we start reducing that little by little, right? We, We ultimately do a million less home transactions. What might that look like? Well, why would that happen first? First and foremost, I think a lot of people are going to be frozen. They're going to look at the property market, which used to be, you know, buy a first-time home, 
then upgrade, and there's going to be payment shock. We are in for certainly years of payment shock. And what do I mean by that? Well, if you're like 60 some odd percent of homeowners, you have refinanced in the last two years. There is a very good chance that you have a two on your 30 year home loan. How excited are you going to be to buy a bigger home, read more expensive, and then get a four or four and a half? Payment shocks are going to be real and nasty. I think a lot of people stay put and choose to upgrade their homes. Second, it is not lost on me that more and more people right, will be doing house hacking, moving in with an FHA loan and moving every couple of years, following the one rental at a time strategy. What happens if we, we just buy more, like you go buy three or four homes in your lifetime and you keep three of them as rentals? It's a good strategy, right? Look at the 70s, the people that won bought early, fixed rate debt, all of that. So I just wonder what happens if transactions go down and inventory stays low, right? I don't know, it's, 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 it's an interesting time as we get into this rising rate environment. Uh, a couple of other things. Uh, looks like free community college is going to be excluded from the uh, Build Back Better or whatever Rev 2 of that is. I don't know. Of all the things that I saw in there, I wasn't mad at that one, but I, did, I don't remember what it cost. But community college, I went to community college first and foremost. It is how I figured out what I wanted to do because I had no idea coming out of high school. I had to pay for it, so I went to a community college. Shout out Deanza Cupertino. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. Anyways, uh, home buyer sentiment hits a record low. Home buyer sentiment plummet to the lowest level since May of 2020. One in four, uh, according to Fannie Mae's home purchase survey, says it's a good time to buy which means 75% said it is not. Quick question. This is one of those examples of consumer surveys. What did we just talk about? Record demand, no inventory, all of these things. Who are they surveying? There's clearly a lot of people, and we'll talk about this. Uh, this came from NAR yesterday. The average listing today gets 3.8 offers in the first two weeks. That is up from last year's 3.3. Folks, remember, be careful. Q1 is going to be an environment where you can make a mistake. Don't get in bidding wars. Know your numbers. Be careful. No skinny deals. Don't, don't do what I did and beat up your Excel spreadsheet to make the spreadsheet show a positive yield. That is very, very dangerous. Don't know if you saw this from Amazon, but Amazon has upped their base salary or their max salary for uh, office workers, what they call white collar. Don't know if you know this, but Amazon's top salary used to be $160,000. I don't know about you, but that sounds kind of, uh, kind of nice. Well, now it's extra nice because now it's $350,000. Folks, there were a lot of people talking about the wage inflation all being at the bottom end. I told you that was not true. Here is yet another example. Wage inflation is real. It will go on for years, just like the 1970s. Peloton. Well, 
Peloton on Friday, if you believed after hours, it was up for sale. Maybe Nike, maybe Apple, maybe Amazon. Well, as of Tuesday, they have a brand new CEO. Generally speaking, new CEOs do not come in to sell the company. They come in to reset expectations. They come in to calm the market and to get building again. So Peloton's new CEO announced new revenue targets. Used to be 4.4 billion for 2022, now 3.7. This new CEO came in and tried to establish a layup. Let's be very clear, I've been through this before. I was in those executive meetings. I was in meetings where one CEO is out and you gotta be nice to the new guy, I've been there. In addition to that, they announced 2,800 layoffs. They are right-sizing the company. I do believe that layoffs, unfortunately, will become a bigger and bigger trend as companies realize demand is not there, consumers are saving, the debt markets are shut down. There are a lot of zombie companies who have not made any money that have simply paid their bills with debt. That stops this year. On top of that, Peloton is looking to save at least $800 million dollars. If you are a supplier to Peloton, get ready for painful conversations. They are going to ask everybody to take haircuts. Harley-Davidson's came out with beating top and bottom line and saying demand has jumped for their uh, motorcycles. And let's be clear, they are expensive motorcycles. My question for Harley-Davidson, if I was on the analyst call, is how much of this revenue was past bookings, how much of your bookings have burned off? My assumption is they had a lot of demand they were not ready for, thus their backlog was huge. Now that their backlog is unwinding, they can report good revenue numbers. I don't know that, but that's my sneaky suspicion knowing how you can work financial statements. Take-Two Interactive. Take-Two Interactive came out with weak guidance Take-Two Interactive was one of those companies we looked at over the weekend and we're like, hey, are they going to say that video game consumership or whatever is going high or is it like Netflix where they have topped out? Looks like they gave weak guidance and missed their net bookings target. Not good. Uh, the 10-year note, I, last time I checked, hit 1.95. Remember, we had an over-under of 2% this week. Yes, folks, this week we are thinking that the two... The 10-year will hit 2%. Yeah, that will be an interesting time. Saw some, re saw some uh, breakdown of Kathy Wood's rise and fall. It's interesting to think about that Kathy Wood's success beget more success. She obviously had wonderful timing. She came in with a interesting bet. Then the Fed came in and bailed everybody out, and she looked like a hero for two years in a row. Guess what? The Fed is not your friend. Her strategy is not winning. But this is what I mean by her success beget more success. She raised a bunch of money. She placed her bets. Stock went up. She raised more money. Stocks went up. She was buying, generally speaking, companies with low float where she was the largest buyer. Kathy Wood could single-handedly move a stock. That works on the upside. That gets her more money. That gets her on CNBC and quoted as the number one manager of money two years in a row. Guess what? When you got to unwind, 
it works the other way as well. That is unfortunately the downside of being the rock star is when it goes bad and you are the biggest buyer, you become the biggest seller and thus the stocks take extra hits. Um, what else? Let's, let's do the last one. So college enrollment. College enrollment is down 5.1% from 2019. My question is, why isn't it down further? We keep hearing about tuition. We keep hearing about, uh, you know, what, 56% of people say the debt's not worth it. We need to have, you know, we need to have conversations. We need to do an ROI. We need to have a plan. This whole, you know, graduate, go to college, like I was taught, get, you make a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't work. Taking out $100,000 or $50,000 or, God forbid, $200,000 in debt is an anvil on your chest. We need to have conversations. The trades, entrepreneurship, there are other things you could do. If you have a plan, you want to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, computer scientist, whatever, go for it. But we shouldn't be pushing people who are like me, who are like, I don't know what I want to do. Right? For me, junior college was a lifesaver. I don't know what I would have done. And I still graduated, or yeah, graduated with 50000 in debt, like 44000 or something. Um, so again, lots of exciting stuff. Today's going to be a great day. We've got the Lumberjack Landlord at 8. We've got Omar, the real estate entrepreneur at 9. And I have a special guest at 10 o'clock. Lots of stuff going on today. I hope you have a wonderful day. The daily financial news is for you. We give it a shot every day at 7.30. Do me a favor, like, subscribe, comment, share articles. Just keep being awesome. All right, take care of yourself. Bye-bye.